everyone. Welcome to another episode of What is a Podcast? The podcast that's trying to conserve his voice, and we'll see how it goes. It's going out pretty okay. Um, I think normally I would want to do these podcasts sort of weekend-ish, because that's when like I don't have to work and I don't have to yell at a computer. But recently, things have gotten a little bit tricky, so I pushed it back a little bit into the week. So I'm recording this on Tuesday, because I found that on Mondays, right, which is like the first day of work, Monday, my voice is in way worse condition than Tuesday. Like, Monday is sort of that trial, that warm-up stuff, and then Tuesday, I get used to it again, and I have enough juice to get at least 30 minutes of a podcast out there. Um, so, that's what we're doing now, right? We're doing stuff on Tuesday, Tuesday night. We're feeling good about it. Um, and I wanted to start off with, like, sort of like a personal story, which I haven't done because I haven't, like, gone anywhere. Like, I've been taking quarantine super seriously like i'm not trying to brag i'm not trying to pat myself on the back but i've been doing quarantine extra hard and um in doing so right i haven't had a lot of these personal stories to give out to the people right i haven't been able to say oh this happened to me or i encountered these people because i haven't been encountering people but this is a solely online experience that I'm about to, to share with you. So I'm working online. I'm yelling at my computer screen. Um, but there's like sort of like a low point in the online work cycle. Okay. And the way my job works is that my supervisor can supervise me and I'll know that they're supervising me, but they can pop in sort of at any given moment and supervise me, right? And then see how I'm doing, all that stuff. So I'm in a low point in my um, my work schedule where I'm not really talking or anything like that. There's no reason for me to talk. So I'm in that low point. I'm like taking notes. I'm like input, putting data, but I'm still like on camera. People can see me the whole nine, right? And once I see people supervising me, then I'm sort of like talking a little bit more right? Just to make sure that they know that I'm not absolutely dicking around here and that I'm just, um, you know, doing my job, making sure I'm paying attention, all that stuff, right? And normally I would still do those things. It's not like I was doing things I wouldn't normally do. I was just being a little bit extra enthusiastic with it. Like I was putting a little bit extra mustard on it and doing it just a little bit more often than I would usually do, right? So, I was checking in, making like short comments here and there. And then it's finally time for me to talk, right? It's time for me to shine. And I am shining my butt off. Like I'm, you know, normally I'm pretty good at my job. Like I'm not like bad at my job. But today, since I'm aware of someone watching me, I put a little bit extra stuff on it. You know, I made sure, you know, what I was saying was poignant and injected a little bit humor here and there, right? Making sure that everything was going smoothly, that I was directing people along the path that I wanted to direct them on, make sure that everyone is understanding how things are going and it's going well. And I notice that my supervisor is supervising me 
for a long time. It's they're supervising me and it's like they keep on saying in the chat room like how long do I have to, you know, be supervised for? Usually they stay in there for a few minutes and then they move on to the next uh worker. But now my supervisor is in there and we're going on like 10 minutes of my supervisor being in there and I'm like, "Oh shit, at this point, like they're like really either they stopped paying attention and they forgot or they're really sort of like scrutinizing everything that I'm doing. And that was like sort of nerve-wracking to me, but I keep going, right? I'm doing well. I'm hitting all my points. Everything's going well, right? And then I hit another low point and then, you know, I'm taking more notes, all that stuff. And eventually my supervisor goes away and moves on to someone else, which is, you know, a big few moment. A get a big like brow sweat wiping moment because they were in there for so long and I don't have a problem with being supervised I've been supervised before that's not the issue I know I didn't do you know anything wrong or anything but it's like oh did I accidentally do something wrong or in the back of your head it's like oh my god do they did they hate what I did did they like what I did you don't know exactly what's going through your your their head or you know what they were even looking for really right so as soon as my supervisor leaves like a minute after i get an email right and it's from my supervisor and now i'm like oh shit cuz the email was like it was titled your session right it was email straight to me titled your session and i'm like oh shit like that didn't that's that's too neutral right the the subject letter was was too neutral for me to get what it was saying and part of me is like oh no i did something wrong i'm i'm going to have to you know explain something or whatever and then i open the email right when i have time i'm not opening the email and distracting myself right open the email and it says I stayed in your session for longer than normal because you were doing such a good job and I found it like to be genuinely entertaining. So I stayed in your session for a little bit longer than I would have. And then, oh my goodness. And this happened today, mind you. And now that was like a weight lifted off my shoulders. Like, cause I know I'm, I'm good at this stuff. Like I know I'm talented at what I do, but it's like, oh my God goodness right i thought i did something wrong like as the minutes as the seconds were going i was like i'm doing something wrong i'm doing something wrong like in the back of my head even though like rationally like my rational brain knows that i wasn't doing something wrong but that like inner creeper voice was trying to say like you're doing something wrong something you don't even know but something wrong nonetheless and that was you know eating away at me and then i get like the best compliment i could have gotten right? Like the whole time I was thinking, oh, they're staying in here because they're trying to like really pick apart with a knife and a fork what I'm doing. But the whole time they were in there because, right, I was doing so well. And what I was doing is not too dissimilar from like this right here, like this podcast. I do think that, you know, the subject matter is different. And I don't know if anyone who finds like my work entertaining and my work is not to be an entertainer. Like that's not what my job is. Like I wonder, right, if you find my work entertaining, right, maybe you should check out the podcast. But um, I don't recommend this podcast to like my coworkers or anything. They don't know that I do any of this stuff, which puts them in common with like the majority of the world because it's not like this thing is like a super popping thing. But I was like, oh, if you like that, 
like part of me was like, oh, if you like that, like check out the podcast, check out the YouTube channel, see what I do when I'm not confined to like what I have to talk to for work. See what I really think, you know what I mean? But other than that, I was like, okay, relief off my shoulders. I can continue on pushing with my work, knowing that I'm doing a good job, right? And in this whole quarantine period where a lot of what I do is work, right? Before, right? Before when you're in quarantine and I'm driving to work or I'm taking the bus or I'm taking BART or whatever, right? That's not work. That's your on your way to work, right? You're doing a task on your way to work. It's not necessarily work. And then now in quarantine, I feel part of me is like I'm waiting until I go to work, right? There's like a a waiting game before like it's time for me to sign on online and go to work, right? And that's a little bit of a different feeling. Sometimes I feel like I'm not really doing anything until, you know, it's time to 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 get to work, right? And I'm just like some type of amorphous being until I solidify myself and log on to the program. But like it makes it seem like, oh okay, like even if that is the case It's fine because I'm good at it, right? It's fine because I'm doing something that's, you know, measurable and impactful in in some capacity, right? If the person who I was actually directing my my whole spiel towards didn't like it, um, which I don't think they disliked it, but if they did dislike it, right, at least, like, I know I was doing it right, right? At the very least, I knew I was doing it right. And the compliment that I got was sort of like, it was injecting my own style and speaking tone and engaging with it, right? So it's not just what I have to say, it's how I'm saying it. And that is really what's what's a big boost to my confidence, you know what I mean? And that's basically all I want to say. I was like, oh, you know, something good happened today. Some interaction happened that I thought might have been bad, turned out to be really positive. Um, but anyway, current events and... I found that the events, the current events, I found them to be kind of lacking, you know, um, and at least for this week. I mean, there's still stuff going on and there's still important stuff going on. Right. And, you know, black lives still matter. Black lives matter even when your feed is normal because black lives mattering is normal. Right. So all that stuff is still going on. It's still very important. And I'm still providing them links for you to go and peruse and donate or support or petitions to sign all that stuff right but i found like you know current events this week to be sort of lacking and then i saw something yesterday that absolutely blew my mind so there was a a twitter user and i'm gonna i'm gonna credit them because while i think this is kind of weird it's also kind of impressive so it's a twitter user simp pilgrim S-I-M-P-P-I-L-G-R-I-M, Simp Pilgrim. He put out a tweet. I'm assuming it's a he. Um, The display name says Liam, so I'm assuming it's a he. They put out a tweet that says, Top 370 porn stars, parentheses, not up for debate. And then, in the subsequent Twitter thread, 370 porn stars like recognizable porn stars by name and the reason why i want to talk about this is because one it's incredible that you can rank porn stars 
that many by name, right? And I'm not, I'm not judging you for watching porn. I'm not trying to kink shame you. I don't care, right? If you like porn, you like porn. Pretty much everyone I know has seen a porn or two, right? If you're on Twitter, you've probably seen a porn or two, right? It's probably been tossed across your timeline at least once or twice. So I'm not judging you for porn. I'm thinking about 370 different porn stars that you've watched enough of their catalog, right? Enough of their videos, right? To be able to rank that many. Because think about it. If you're ranking people or things or object, usually we go top 10, top five, maybe a top 50, maybe a top 100. But like anything above 100 is actually genuinely rare, right? Um, I remember I had a job where I had to rank top 150, and that was an extreme arduous undertaking to do 150, right? So when we're ranking things, we don't usually go that high, right? Partially because it takes a long time to catalog that many things and be able to accurately assess that many things, right? Because think about it. If we're doing top 370, what's the difference between 369 and 370? Like, how much of a difference is there between porn star number 369, porn star number 370? I would imagine in a lot of cases, if we're ranking other things, the differences are sort of negligible between 379 or 369 and 370. But in order to rank something like that, you have to watch so much porn. And the fact that you've watched that much porn, right? And you know these people by name, right? Or by their stage name, by their porn name or whatever, right? That's incredibly, one, impressive, two, almost detrimentally horny, right? I cannot imagine being horny enough to actually compile a list like this, right? Because we make horny jokes on the internet all the time. Like there's horny police or like being too horny or why are you so horny? Why are you horny on main? Then there's sort of like the anti-horny who make jokes about like not having sex and sex being a sin and you know abstinence and things like that. There's like an extreme other side of the spectrum. But really what it boils down to is how horny are you willing to be on your main account? How horny on main are you willing to be? And some people take it really far. Like I've seen, especially during quarantine, I've seen a, an abundance of horny tweets and I just keep it moving, right? Like I have not gotten to that place in my quarantine where I need to tweet like overtly horny tweets, right? But to be as horny as this, to like feel the need to rank something one through set 370, porn stars one through 370, right? 370 porn stars, right? In order to rank, that's thousands of porn videos. It has to be, right? It has to be thousands of porn videos that you at least somewhat accurately can remember, catalog, tabulate, place, all that stuff, right? That is absolutely incredible to me, right? Now, I want to give you the top 16 here, right? Because while this is incredible, if you know, if you know, I don't think that the top 16 that I'm going to read to you are particularly 
interesting as far as rankings go. I feel like the the ranking for the top 16, it's not controversial. It's also kind of of a basic list. It starts off reading like maybe like Pornhub's gener- generic list. But then as you read further and you get to people whose names you don't know, but they're like in the top 50, right? That's when it gets a little bit strange, right? So if you know, right, I'm going to give you the top 16. One, Mia Malkova. Two, Lana Rhodes. Three, Abella Danger. Four, Nikki Benz. Five, Angela White. Six, Sophie D. Seven, Nicole Anderson. Eight, Kendra Sutherland. Nine, Sarah J. Ten, Romy Rain. Eleven, Alexis Texas. Twelve, Valentina Nappi. Thirteen, Elsa Jean. Fourteen, Adriana Chechik. 15, Danny Daniels, 16, Riley Reed. okay? That's the top 16. And to me, that doesn't seem like that. There's not anything like shocking or interesting there, right? I'm aware of most of the names there, right? And that's not particularly shocking or interesting to me. So I can see how maybe people don't like really think that someone actually cataloged it because that reads like a generic top 16. But then I went deeper and saw the names get more and more obscure. And I was like, okay, maybe this guy actually, actually really did it. And like his top tastes, right? The top 16, right? It makes sense because those people have probably made the most videos, right? Those people have made the most videos that you can place accurately in rank, right? How accurate the ranking gets as it was going down, I don't know how I agree with it because I just haven't watched that much porn. Um, Like, that's just how it goes, right? Once it gets to, like, top 50, it's just like, I, I can't do that, right? I don't have the knowledge that you have to agree or disagree with this list at this point, right? Although I did see a porn star in, like, the 200 range, and I was like, this is a porn star that belongs in top 50 and they were ranked by this guy like 260 or something. So taste is relative, but it's all like really just impressive to me at the end of the day that someone was able to do this. And this is, you know, what quarantine content has become, right? When quarantine content first started, it was like, oh, let's just like do a Zoom call, blah, blah, blah. Let's have fun. Let's watch Netflix. We're going to watch Tiger King. Let's watch Tiger King together as a family. And then, you know, quarantine content, I feel like plateaued a little bit. Like we all got sort of used to it. So it wasn't wacky or interesting anymore. And then, boom, 370 porn stars ranked, not up for debate. Let's go. I watch so much porn, blah, 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 right? And I realized that not everyone, even if you watch porn, not everyone like knows like porn stars by name. Not everyone is going to be familiar or at least they're not going to publicly face and say that they're familiar, at least, right? I'm not afraid of doing this, right? I think that a lot of porn stars, at least on the internet, Right. When you when you've been on the Internet for a long time, whether you watch porn or not, or whether you're regular porn viewer or not, like those top 16 names. Right. Particularly people like Nikki Ben, Sarah J, Riley Reed, Danny Daniels. Right. Those become like as close to household names as like porn stars can get in our current climate, in our current culture. Right. So 
I'm not afraid of saying that I know who these people are, right? That, that doesn't bother me in the slightest, right? Although I do realize that what I just said might be like, oh, what the fuck? Why are you even talking about this? And another personal story, I was talking to my friends the other day, right? Online, all safe, all that. And we were talking about like how Instagram Explorer pages are kind of wacky and how they recommend weird stuff to you. And I made an offhand comment. This was a joke and it wasn't true. And I was like, oh, like my Explorer page is like Pokemon, Baseball, and Nikki Benz. And I thought that was going to get a laugh, right? I thought like putting Nikki Benz on my Explorer page was going to get a laugh turned out to not get a laugh at all it was a joke that absolutely did not fucking land and the people were like who is nikki benz blah 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 and i realized that as i say like being on the internet porn stars can become like close to like internet household names i realized that there's still a disconnect there um and that joke didn't land at all i thought it was i still think it was funny i think in the right audience i think that would have fucking crushed but in the audience i was in it didn't work. Um, but anyway, enough about that. We're going to move on to more more sexual content, but not in the same way. This is something I found out about like an hour ago. So if you are familiar with pop culture, you probably know Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, right? And if you're familiar with the R&B scene, you might be familiar with August Alsina. If you are not familiar with August Alsina. He is an R&B singer, a talented singer, but his career was sort of put on hold due to like health and personal issues. So August Alsina is friends with the Smith family, right? He, you know, his career is on hold, but he's still in contact with the Smith family. And Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife, who does Red Table Talk and all these things, right? Apparently, I haven't seen like an actual video confirmation, but apparently it's true. Like people are tweeting about it like it's true, but I haven't seen like proper confirmation. But apparently, August Alsina, who is a good looking guy, you can Google August Alsina, good looking guy. Apparently, Will and Jada Smith are still married, right? But they have an open relationship. And August Alsina is having sex with Jada Pinkett Smith. Like apparently they just said this. They just admitted that they're having sex with each other, right? And Will Smith is just married to Jada Pinkett Smith, and August Alsina is 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 fucking his wife. And again, I'm not here to kink shame. If Will Smith is fine with it, who am I to tell Will Smith no, right? But it's just something that I feel like if that isn't really discussed, right? I feel like what Will, Jada, and August are doing is probably more common than people might think, but people don't outright say it right they don't straight away say yeah i'm married but i'm fucking this other dude and my husband knows about it right it's not cheating my husband is cool with it we're we're just fucking and we're not married or anything like that right but to do that sort of publicly and the smith's family has sort of been public with their weirdness especially like with the kids like will and jada have been like yeah Jaden and willow they're they're kind of weirdos but they're talented and we're gonna support them right but it turns out like they have a little bit of their you know side interests as well it looks like um and like august alcina who i think is also like if he hasn't released new music he's going to release new music soon which good for him because honestly august alcina has been through a whole lot 
right? But to be like, oh yeah, I'm fucking Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith, my good friend, knows about it. I mean, I guess that's sort of the best case scenario, right? Jada Pinkett Smith, beautiful woman. August Salsina, beautiful man. Will Smith, you know, beautiful man. And they're all just, you know, I guess a happy family. Are they a thruple? I don't know, right? But then I'm like, wait, right? Because something that isn't exactly clear to me at this point, right? Is Will Smith just absent and letting Jada and August go at it? Or is Will Smith involved somehow, right? If Will Smith is involved somehow, this takes it to another level, right? Will Smith could be like one of those like, I watch my wife fuck another guy type of porno guys, right? And this might be more telling about Will Smith than we actually know. Maybe that's what Will Smith is into and they've unknowingly told us this. Or they don't really have an open relationship, but they're trying to stay married just for, you know, publicity's sake, right? For red table talk's sake. But it was just like a wild story. It's like, oh... Like, we're married, and we're sort of, like, in this partnership, like, emotionally, financially, but also I'm fucking this guy that's, like, half your age and extremely beautiful and talented, right? Um, Interesting. I'm not kink-shaming. I want to make sure we do not kink-shame over here on what is a podcast. But we do point out when things aren't as they seem, and they are sort of... Not strange. Strange isn't the right word, but surprising, right? Surprising that they would just come out and say something like this. Assuming that what I know is true, like, you're just going to up and say, like, yeah, I'm married, but I'm fucking August Alcina. Like, people don't really say that, right? If you're into, like, that sex party shit, if you're swinging, if you have open relationships, most of the time, that's not, like, public forward-facing information. Like, only those in your circle sort of know about that at least in my experience but now the world is your circle and you're just telling everyone and the information is spreading like covid is what it's doing um but anyway speaking of the smith family i i guess i have to talk about shane dawson again i've talked about shane dawson before all right shane dawson if you don't know youtube personality um, who's controversial for a couple of reasons. And last time I talked about Shane Dawson, I believe, it was when he was accused of performing a sex act on his cat. And for the record, I believe that there is some truth to Shane Dawson performing a sex act on his cat. I think that based on what I know, it's entirely believable that he has performed a sex act on his cat. But that's not exactly what we're talking about here, right? Shane Dawson, if you don't know, has built his career, like the foundation of his career is built on offensive jokes, right? When he was doing YouTube in the beginning, when he first started YouTube, and Shane Dawson, he would do like skits and like really like scripted content. But the scripted content was filled with racism, right? I'm talking blackface. I'm talking the N-word. I'm talking like misogyny. I'm talking a whole bunch of stuff, right? And Shane Dawson, right? Taking accountability for that or quote unquote, taking accountability for that, right? Sort of in this sort of time in the country when we're really pointed towards um, racism and racial issues, right? He sort of took accountability because another YouTuber, Jenna Marbles, 
took accountability for her own actions sort of before anyone said anything about it but i guess it was weighing heavy on her heart and she decided to sort of self count cancel and she's like taking a break from youtube all that stuff and shane dawson who said that he is inspired by jenna marbles sort of did the same thing right but people were saying that his apology was insincere things like that Right. And I haven't kept up with Shane super closely. Um, I found that a lot of his older stuff, offensive, racist, the whole nine yards, disgusting even. Right. There's some things about Shane Dawson. I don't remember exactly. Right. Probably because I've beaten that shit out of my brain by now. But I remember certain Shane Dawson videos and I'm a kid when I'm watching this is were like genuinely disgusting to me and I it was it was turned off to me right I don't remember exactly what the video was but it was disgusting and I was like you know 12 or something when I saw it and people didn't really accept Shane Dawson's apology and I think it's because Shane Dawson since the stuff that's happened has been in the past he feels like apologizing once is enough but I'm here to tell you, if you've built so much off of racism, one apology is not enough. You need to continually apologize because being a public figure means that more eyes and ears are going to be on you, okay? And when more eyes and ears are going to be on you, that means that you need to apologize more and more as more people become aware of the heinous shit that you did right and i feel like up until now he's been sort of dismissive of it saying i apologize once i don't need to apologize again i'm not here for the quote-unquote drama like racism is fucking drama but that's another topic um and he's sort of moved on and people have still supported him right and until now he's saying my apologies were bad this one is good right but Claiming your own apology is good, I don't think is the right move either. And there's more serious stuff about Shane Dawson that we're going to get into. Um, but when he says that, he's sort of like, I'm taking accountability now. This is my good apology, right? But calling yourself a good apology makes people less likely to accept it. And just because you apologize doesn't mean you automatically turn into a good person. It doesn't mean that you're automatically forgiven and forgiveness is not collective it's individual right so if you are choosing not to forgive shane dawson that's entirely your choice if you choose to forgive him know that just because you forgave him doesn't mean that i have to right um and the jokes that shane dawson were doing was doing right he doesn't do the jokes anymore to his credit right but i do think he still makes or has made irresponsible content um he made a documentary about Jake Paul, another YouTuber who people don't like. And I felt like he sort of irresponsibly played with mental health and the idea of a sociopath in a way that some people like might be concerned about or might, you know, have concerns about their own mental health because of how Shane Dawson talked about it. Um, so I do think he's made some irresponsible stuff. And I don't think that he like what he has done is particularly impressive i mean some people do think he is impressive so whatever right but he sort of like made these jokes that were like entirely offensive right apologized once and then kept it moving right and that's not what you can do right you have to sort of continually apologize and continue to show 
growth, even if it's like 10 years ago, you're going to have to apologize again and again, right? And part of like Shane Dawson saying to me, like he moved from like skits to like high production value or at least high production value for YouTube documentaries, right? But he hasn't progressed past YouTube and he's been on the platform for like 10 plus years. And to me, having those high production values signals that you want to do something outside of YouTube. You want to be beyond YouTube, right? But there's a reason why you haven't been beyond YouTube because you have this shitty catalog, right? That people can pull up in an instant, right? Even if you delete the videos, right? Videos can get saved, redistributed, memed, all that stuff, right? And the apologies have been few and far between and you don't seem to be like willing to take that next step in growth, right? You've stopped making the jokes and you say you've changed but like the growth there's not enough evidence of the growth there for people to really take you seriously and when i say people i mean people who are worried about being associated with you right your brand and their brand being together right and i realize that he shane dawson has like delved into makeup for reasons that i don't know but as of recording this i've learned that the makeup deal for shane dawson is kaput um, his YouTube channel is not monetized anymore. So that stream of revenue, which was his mainstream, kaput, right? And people are realizing, like, we cannot be associated with this guy, even if he apologized, because that next level of growth is not there, right? And when it comes to, when it comes to that, right, there's also another layer of Shane Dawson that we need to talk about. And that is accusations of pedophilia. Because in, in, in addition to Shane Dawson's racist jokes, he's also made a lot of underage jokes. Will Smith, Jada Smith, and Jaden come into contact with this because Shane Dawson made a specific pedophilic joke about Willow Smith, which was absolutely disgusting. And I don't want to go in deep in here because like just talking about it, makes me feel weird or I talk like going into specifics on what the jokes are. So I'm gonna have you look that up on your own time if you really want to know what he did. Right. But like pedophilic jokes and he's made a lot of them. Right. The racism and pedophilia is so pervasive. Right. You have to wonder if it's more than a joke. Right. He can say I'm not a pedophile. I'm not a racist. All he wants. Right. But when you pedophilia enters your humor so deeply right and you've made like countless like people are coming out of the woodwork with racist and pedophilic jokes right it has to wonder like what's a joke and what isn't and i think what a problem with shane dawson is also is that he's talking about real actual people right pedophilic jokes are gross right and pedophilia obviously is horrible but when you point it towards a real person, right, saying Willow Smith or insert celebrity here, right, child here, real life child, then you go to an entirely new level, right, where it's like, wait, what is a joke and what's not? Is any of this a fucking joke, right? Because you're talking about real actual people, right? Now the lines are blurred so much that I don't know what's true and what's not. And when that happens, right, with something as serious as this, we have to lean towards this, what you're saying is not a joke and is actually true. Because if we go on the other side, it's a joke and it's not true. There's potentially catastrophic consequences here. 
You see what I'm saying? So you have to be like, wait, like this guy might be what he's actually saying. This might not be a full on joke. And I don't know the exact truth, right? I've never met this guy, Shane Dawson. I don't know what's in his heart of hearts. But what I do know is that we have to take this seriously. And I think the cancellation of Shane Dawson in multiple aspects is important, right? And from what it looks like, his money might go down the drain real quick, all right? Because this YouTube stuff, if what I've read is true, not making him any money no more. I know he's deleted a bunch of his videos anyway. And he had like a makeup deal and the makeup deal has gone through the through the floor. So the money there might be coming to a halt soon. I know he sells like merchandise. So that might be his mainstream of income after a while. Um, But when it comes to that, right? You got to apologize more. You have to be better, right? When something is so pervasive like that, you have to question, right? And I think that cancel culture in a lot of ways is strange and weird. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, right? We need to be thoughtful about our cancellations, right? A blind cancellation, I don't think does any good, right? That's less cancellation and more like bloodlust. And that's why I think a lot of people think that cancel culture, like, doesn't really have a real impact, right? Because you're just going after someone for something that they did and then, you know, forgetting about it. Like it's sort of like a quick bolt from the blue of cancellation and then everything reverts back to sort of normal, right? And people do deserve to be canceled. I do believe that. I don't think that everyone is canceled, deserves to be canceled, right? And I don't hold a lot of weight in like people who did things as teenagers but are now grown adults, right? I don't hold a lot of weight in that, right? I'm more concerned about what you're doing now. But Shane Dawson was an adult, right? He was at least like 21 when he started making these jokes, right? So I don't buy a lot of the stuff that he's saying, right? He was doing blackface like consistently, like literally consistently and selling merch until like last year or something with blackface on it. So... When it comes to that, I'm not going to buy that you were a 21, 22-year-old and didn't know what blackface was. I'm not buying that. Absolutely not. And in his apology, right, they said so. He said that he didn't really know the depth of blackface. And Shane Dawson is white, if you couldn't tell. But I don't, I don't buy for a second that you didn't really know what blackface is. That makes absolutely no sense to me. Not as you living in an American for your entire life, okay? And then in reaction to the Shane Dawson thing, right, people are sort of propping up other people as quote-unquote unproblematic, right? They say, get rid of Shane Dawson, stan, I hate standing, but stan these unproblematic YouTubers instead, right? And here's what I have to say about that. Be careful about who you call unproblematic, all right? Because if you prop someone up as unproblematic, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Because here's the truth, the real actual truth, is that we've all done something problematic, right? The difference between most of us and the select few that get canceled is that we are not famous, right? We don't have scrutiny in the same way that famous people do, right? Um, But we've all done like problematic things and we learn and grow. Like that's the whole point is learning and growing. But propping someone up as unproblematic eventually you might find something that's problematic about them. Then what's going to happen? 
Are you going to be crushed again like you were crushed by your Shane Dawson cancellation? Are you going to fight people on the internet? Because I think both of those are, you know, potentially toxic behaviors, right? So when it comes to all that, be careful about labeling people as unproblematic. If I was you, I would say there's a difference between fans and stands, right? You can like people who are less problematic than Shane Dawson for sure, right? And we can be fans, but going that next level of standing and putting these people on a pedestal and saying, oh, you're unproblematic, you've never done anything wrong, because that's what problematic means, is that you've never done anything wrong if you're unproblematic, right? I don't think that's correct, right? We need to all be like, be better, right? And maybe watch people who are better, but at the same time, know that we're all in a continuous state of being better, right? Growing up doesn't end at 18, right? Growing up is sort of like a continuous process as you reach different phases and stages of your life and you learn like, maybe what's wrong, what's right a little bit more in depth, right? We're all still growing and flowing and changing, right? So I would I would resist standing and putting people up on a pedestal, okay? Whether it's a YouTuber, a celebrity, your boyfriend, girlfriend, parents, we've all done something wrong, right? We've all done something that you're not going to like, right? And then it's, do they change? Do they do they apologize? Do they actually grow or do they stay the same? Do they do they sort of ignore the problem? That's where where we can get into. And that's what I mean. Like we need to be more thoughtful about these things. I feel like as an internet society when it comes to like s- cancellations but also like propping people up, I don't think there's enough mindfulness and thoughtfulness behind it a lot of the times. Um but anyway, my voice is about to go ending off on one thing. COVID the Rona. It's coming. It's spreading. We're going to be locked down more, right? At this point, baseball is coming back. And I think there are some interesting things about baseball. Like there's a 60-man roster, like roving minor leaguers, prospects, like all that stuff is really interesting to me. But at the same time, I'm preparing for baseball to be canceled again. I'm preparing for everything to be canceled, right? NBA, I think might get canceled. NFL, I don't know what the fuck they're doing, but I'm preparing for that to get canceled, right? And at this point, we're effectively losing a year, right? Assuming, like, a new wave and a new, like, full lockdown hits, right? I live in California, and we're really fastly locking down again, right? As this hit, when this is, like, all said and done, we're probably going to be losing, like, a year, right? A year of, like, experiences, right? Whether that's moving, graduating, getting promoted, all that stuff, right? A lot of us are sort of losing that year. And I think once you accept that, like, the stuff isn't going to happen, which I realize is hard to accept, is that certain stuff is not going to happen, right? Because I'm excited about baseball. I'm going to watch, right? And I think there's some interesting things that's going to happen, right? But I'm fully prepared for no American baseball, right? I'm fully prepared that like too many people are going to be at risk and they're just going to cut the season. I'm prepared for no more NBA, right? I'm prepared no NFL, right? Korean baseball, Korea is a little bit different, right? Korea handled this a little bit different. So Korean baseball, I'm cool with. But here in America and how things are laying out, I am prepared that we're this year is sort of a wash and we'll we'll try again next time. Um, I hope that it's not that way, right? I hope that, like, things can go back to some type of, you know, 
working and like we don't have to risk getting slaughtered by a virus, but I'm prepared for the outcome that the year is kaput. And I think that if more people can do that and we're sort of accepting of it, maybe it'll be a little bit easier to bear the brunt of it. But the government, if you're listening, give us more money, close stuff down, give us more money so that the economy won't be absolutely fucked because that's what fucked us up the last time. The money was fucked up. So they were rushing to reopen. And now we see what happened is the reopening has has completely, you know, poked us in the eye. So give us some more money. I know you got it right. I know you got the government money. Defund those fucking police. Give us some money and close everything down. And then we'll be we'll be looking forward to 2021. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's all I have now. My voice is literally going and I need to save it. Um, so thank you for watching, listening, paying attention wherever you are. Please be safe. Hope you're doing okay. Remember Black Lives Matter. And yeah, I will see you next time. Thank you.